0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. Hello, friends. It's great to be back with you again today. I am so Grateful for all of you who've been listening to this podcast. I actually got to meet several listeners at our farm store this past weekend, and it was so fun and so encouraging just to hear firsthand how you're liking the episodes and how this podcast is making its way into your days. So, if you are new here, welcome. It is the end of January when I'm recording this, so now it's time to start planning our spring garden for Kindred Farm. And I cannot believe it is already time for that when we still have not gotten a real snow. Oh my goodness, come on now. We're still hoping for one, but in the meantime, I'm getting organized with all the seeds I've ordered for veggies and flowers and creating my garden plan for the year. So I'll definitely be sharing more about that here on the podcast this spring. So if you're into gardening or you're trying it for the first time, or maybe you just like to listen to people talk about gardening, look out for more of those episodes coming this spring. But let's dive in for today. I want to talk a little bit about vulnerability. And in the name of vulnerability, I'm going to share a kind of embarrassing story about when I met one of my favorite authors. It was Good Friday, 2009. I was spending the afternoon at a friend's backyard pool in a really beautiful part of Dallas where we used to live. The pool was a natural deep blue with flagstones surrounding the edge so it felt more like a swimming hole carved out of a mountain. I dipped my toes into the water and then reclined on a strip of flagstone until I was nestled between the ornamental grass landscaping and the edge of the pool. The late afternoon sun shone on my face, forcing new freckles to pop out across my nose. In that spot, I finished Anne Lamotte's book, Traveling Mercies, and I knew that the book had changed me forever. Toward the end of the book, Anne reminisces about her own mother as she looks over old photographs from her imperfect childhood. And something was sparked deep in my soul that day so much that I had to pause and put the book face down on my chest. I surprised myself when I said out loud, I know for sure that I'm ready to be a mother right there on good Friday, laying on my back in someone else's backyard. So I always knew I wanted to be a mother, even from when I was a young child, but I was really struggling with being ready to take the leap and to embrace the huge life change it would be for me and my husband, Steven. We had been married for five years and we're kind of used to just us. So by September of that same year, there was a new life growing inside me. And I was soon to become a mother in spring 2011. A few years after the day by the pool, I had heard that Anne Lamont was actually going to be speaking at a nearby Barnes and Noble in Dallas. And I started counting down the days. At this point, I had an infant baby girl who didn't want to leave my side. So when the day finally came, I strapped her into the boba carrier on my chest and I rode the escalator to the second floor of the massive bookstore in the heart of Dallas. When I got off the escalator, there she was. After reading so many of her books, and especially Traveling Mercies, which affected me so deeply, I couldn't believe how impossibly simple it was that she was just standing there casually at the podium talking with a few people who had already gathered. I looked around and noticed I was the only woman who had brought a child with her. I intentionally stood in the back with a few friends that I'd come with. Right before her talk officially started, Anne looked directly at me, And I'm pretty sure a huge spotlight started glaring down at me at that exact moment. At least that's how it felt. And above the entire crowd, Anne looked at me all the way in the back and she asked, Would the mother with the baby in the back like to have a chair? It's one of the kindest gestures I've experienced from a stranger. She saw me over the whole crowd that day. And sometimes when you're in that place of feeling tremendously vulnerable, As I was that day, it's almost too much when someone calls you out in kindness. So for some reason, I've been thinking about this story a lot over the last year, and I wanted to share it here on the podcast to kind of process what it is about this story that continues to affect me. In spring, 2011, I was a mother who both wanted to keep her baby close to her chest and also wanted to stoke the passions of the writer she knew was inside. That young mother was vulnerable that young mother still showed up. Maybe I've been thinking about it a lot from this side of motherhood where the baby who was with me at Barnes and Noble that day is now 12 and I have another daughter who just turned 9. Actually, my 12 year old and I just went to our local Barnes and Noble the other day to look for my own book on the shelves and that was a totally surreal full circle experience. But I also think it's important that you know the rest of the story. So after Anne Lamott asked in front of the entire crowd, if I wanted to have a chair, do you know what I said in reply? No, thanks, I'm okay. To this day, you guys, that response bothers me. Oh, how different my response would be today, 12 years on this side of motherhood. I for sure would have taken that chair and in the front row too. There are a lot of things I would have done differently about that night. The truth is, Anne was vulnerable that day in showing up as an author to talk about her new book, not knowing how many people would show up to her book signing. I've only written one book, but if I had to guess, it probably feels that way every time in some form or fashion. Her talk that night was lovely, as if her written words had come to life before me. I wish I'd taken notes, but I had to settle for recording it with every single one of my senses. My hands were full, of course, nonstop patting a baby bottom and fetching a stuffed animal from underneath the children's literature bookshelves after it was repeatedly hurled to the floor. Afterwards, the attendees started to gather for the autograph line and I began to feel really nervous. This was my chance to meet an author that I felt I knew from all her writings and to tell her how her iconic spiritual memoir had quite literally changed my life. But when it was my turn, I transformed into a shy, giggly child who could barely make coherent sentences. I thrust a crumpled piece of notebook paper in front of Anne's face, barely muttered, thank you, watched her sign it, and then moved aside awkwardly, surrendering my spot to the person behind me. That's it. How about expressing the words I'd planned to say, like, your writing helped me realize I was finally ready to be a mother, or You've inspired me to tell my own stories in a book one day. But no, I couldn't muster the courage. All of us attendees took a group photo with Anne, and then my friend asked if I wanted to get my photo taken with her alone. I downright refused and shuffled us all out of there as quickly as possible. You guys, that night in Barnes & Noble, I had dissolved into an embarrassing puddle of shyness, my most introverted self. And I wasn't sure why. Why? She's just a person like you and me. And my behavior is kind of ironic considering the insecurities that she speaks so openly and repeatedly about in her writings. Maybe one day I'll have another chance to tell Anne Lamott how much her writing has meant to me without losing myself. Until then, my copy of her autograph with the little unconnected heart after her last name is a little treasure to remind me. Looking back on that spring night in a Dallas bookstore, I realized how much I've grown 12 years of motherhood under my belt. I've sacrificed myself and I've found it again in new ways. I've gained confidence as a writer and I've unearthed my unique voice to share, or at least I've begun unearthing it. There is no way today that I wouldn't have accepted that chair. There's no way that I wouldn't have talked to Anne face-to-face with confidence. If I had another chance to meet her, I would do things really differently. I would wait peacefully, confidently for my turn in line. I would walk up to her, crouch down and look her in the eyes with the respect that she deserves and tell her the story of the first time we met. She'd probably laugh it off and make some joke about herself. And then I'd finally tell her what I really wanted to say last time. Thank you for turning the lights on for me. Your vulnerability is a gift that helped me to see the truth in my own life. I'd probably take a selfie with her to commemorate the moment and walk away, knowing that I am an author too, and I can also impart that gift to someone. I can be vulnerable and that is what I hope to do always through my writing. Everyone is just doing the best they can. We all need people who can see us over the top of the crowd and we can each be that for someone else. So as you go about your daily life today, here are a few prompts to reflect upon as we think about vulnerability. When is a time when you felt really seen? How can you let someone who might be getting lost in the crowd know that they are seen? this might be an actual crowd or the figurative crowd. Do any specific moments come to mind for you? Have you ever been in a situation when you acted completely differently than you wanted to? Why? What would you do differently now? I truly believe that the best thing we have to offer each other is our authentic, vulnerable selves. When someone else shows up and they take that step, it gives others courage to show up. We can be those people. I'm so thankful Anne Lamott called me out that day in a Dallas bookstore and showed me that it's okay to be more vulnerable. Okay, friends, this is the part of the show where I share my three simple joys and then encourage you to do the same. So these are things that bring comfort or make you smile. Um, This is just a gratitude practice that we can do every single day. And I love sharing it here on the podcast because it really encourages me to be looking for those small details, those small gifts in our lives that are showing up no matter the circumstances. So my first one I wanted to share with you today is my girls pushing my grocery store cart okay i know this is kind of random but i had this epiphany the other day i was shopping with my nine-year-old and grabbing some groceries and she asked she actually begged if she could push the cart the entire time and i felt so free as i was walking around the store i was just walking to each section grabbing whatever i needed popping it in the cart and she was just following along next to me happy as anything getting to have that job that special job and i looked to her and i said nora what a what a full circle moment i remember all of the days that i pushed you through the grocery store in those giant heavy car carts where they like pretended they were driving and i remember feeling like oh it's such a sweet stage of life but how much of a big ordeal is it grocery shopping right it's you're trying to manage your children, hoping they stay happy, just going through as fast as possible. And then here we were nine years later, eight years later, just like enjoying our time in the grocery store together, walking alongside each other. She's big enough to push the cart and help me out. And it was just like a sweet moment. Um, I really appreciated the gift of that. Okay. The second one is new eyeshadow. I'm just gonna say it. I like sparkly eyeshadow, okay? There, I said it. I don't care if matte or buff eyeshadow is the trend. I always go back to sparkly. I'm probably got it from my mom. If you know my mom, you understand. <laughs> um, but I just got a new fun eyeshadow palette from uh, Mineral Fusion. I really like their makeup. I use their blush, I've used their eyeshadow, I've used, I think I've used like their concealer. So the new palette I got has a few rose gold colors that are really pretty. And then there is a sparkly gold that you can like just add a little bit of zing on top. <laughs> so love my new eyeshadow and it's just fun. Um, that's just a simple joy having some new makeup, right? Okay, and my third simple joy is pie. I have a monthly book club with a few friends. And our recent book was called Midnight at the Blackbird Cafe. And it was so great. Just a perfect comfort read. I loved it. I was really sad when it was over. I felt like I lived in the small Alabama town where it was set. Um, It was a magical realism book. So that was kind of new for us. Magical realism is where it's just like, seems like a totally ordinary um, everyday life setting. And then there's magical elements that come out in the story. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's some magical elements related to this Blackbird pie that they serve at the Blackbird Cafe. And so of course we had to make pie for our book club meeting. So I used my Janie's Mill flour, my artisan bread flour that I've been using to work on my sourdough starter, um, which is still coming along. I'll report more later. And um, it was perfect for pie crust. And then we just made a berry pie with all different kinds of, I actually use frozen berries because they're not in season right now um, in winter. So I used a bunch of organic frozen berries and it was so delicious. I had the oven settings wrong and the pie ended up taking like an hour and 50 minutes to bake. So my friends and I at book club ended up eating pie at 1030 at night (laughs) and discussing our book and drinking decaf coffee and it was amazing. I just realized like is there anything more wonderful than like coffee and pie and they they ate that so many times in the book that I just felt like we had to do it and it's just one of those really comforting things. So I loved making pie in the middle of January at 10 30 at night and sharing it with my friend. So those are my simple joys for today. My girl's pushing my grocery cart. New eyeshadow and pie. All right, friends, that's it for our time together today. I'm going to close with a quote by, of course, Anne Lamott from her classic book on writing. It's called Bird by Bird. So many of us can be soothed by writing. Think of how many times you've opened a book, read one line, and said, Yes. And I want to give people that feeling too of connection, communion. It's one of the greatest feelings known to humans, the feeling of being the host, of hosting people, of being the person to whom they come for food and drink and company. This is what the writer has to offer. I love that because this is what you have to offer the world too. Even if you're not a writer, think about ways that vulnerability is showing up in your life and realize that you are free to be your authentic self. I hope this episode helps you to take a deep breath and exhale and go back into your life today with a fresh sense of courage and inspiration. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Kindred Life Podcast. I want you to know that your kindred life is worth it and I'm cheering you on. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast. You can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com or you can also join my email community, The Kindred Letter, so you don't miss a thing. You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at organic and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.